0: Welcome to A Joy To Be Me, a podcast empowering women out of overwhelm, uncertainty, and breakdown to love and embrace who they are. Tune in to learn how to avoid the pitfalls of burnout and start following your ultimate bliss. It's time for the modern woman and mother to start taking her pleasure seriously and let her creativity flow and pursue her big and beautiful dreams. I'm your host, Lydia Joy. Let's have some fun. All right. Hello, everyone. It's Livia back with another episode for you. And in this episode, I want to take you on a little journey <laughs> um, and connect a story to this. And I think it's going to be helpful because it's incredibly uh, a valuable insight I'm going to share. And it all started with me getting up today with a headache. And I might get a headache like once a month and there's no rhyme or reason to it. I can't figure out what it's coming from. I have a feeling it's like hormonal stress, you know, something like that. But, um, that said, I had an unusual schedule this morning where I had to get up immediately and leave, uh, to take one of my kids somewhere super early. So because the headache was pounding and I had, noticed it in the middle of the night. I was like, you know what? Um, I don't have time to do my regular things that I can do because I have more time. Uh, I'm going to have to take some ibuprofen. Now that's the only over-the-counter med I currently take. And I try to reserve it for emergencies, such as what I just described. And so, um, Ibuprofen is known as a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. There are many, but I think we all probably can be familiar with this. (laughs) Um, You know, there's, there's a lot out there, but this one's a pretty common one that many people take for aches and pains, you know, and um, some people um, use it so much. They pop it like candy and therefore are in denial of the inflammation that's going on in their body and not dealing with the reality of, Um, an imbalanced system that needs a lot more attention than just placating over and over and over and over. Now I say that having been someone who's done that in the past, and I'll tell you that story in a minute, but millions of doses of, uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs are taken by Americans every single day, every day. And, you know, the biggest reason, like I said, is to suppress inflammation, aches and pains, headaches, Uh, women with uh, menstrual cramps and such. Um, Most people don't even think twice. They're like, oh my God, I have a headache. Give me the ibuprofen. There's no other alternative. It's like, give me, give me the painkiller now. Right. We just kind of collectively are (laughs) in an avoidant relationship with the deeper healing. Now here's the thing. And I want to get into this kind of sort of rabbit hole with you is that studies have been published, which report that when we use non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, it causes a depletion of glutathione levels. Um, I'm, this is not like a one-off use, although I'm sure the one-off use could even do that and temporarily, but this is more, you know, uh, repeated use. Okay. So basically ibuprofen depletes glutathione. Now, glutathione is a pretty dang important antioxidant for your entire body. It's especially important for liver function and for detoxification, and it's present in every cell, and it's a key regulator of the immune system. So when you deplete that, it's like, here, I'm going to suppress one really important thing for temporary, temporary relief in my body, which if it isn't truly addressed could become a chronic issue and the ibuprofen might stop working for you. So over the years, when I take, and I'll tell you my story in a minute, I, when I do have to take ibuprofen, like I said, I did this morning. I also, uh, at some point a couple hours later, or maybe even sooner take, um, some n cysteine to um, kind of counteract that hit that I just did to my liver. Um, so I'm I'm more intentional now when I do use it and um, make sure that I'm replacing and re- supporting my body in light of that temporary relief that I'm looking for, um, so that I'm not leaving myself in a deficit and then i'm also helping my liver out you know um a lot of times when we have inflammation um there is a detoxification component to it right and that could be part of why we we had the inflammation in the first place so i <clears throat> wanted to share you know low glutathione levels are associated with over 74 diseases i call it disease um we don't label ourselves remember we just things show up in our system, and it's just an opportunity for healing. But that said, glutathione has been widely studied with over, I don't know, it was like 99,000 peer-reviewed papers and such. I haven't read them all, obviously, <laughs> but there's a lot out there. So the point is, is it's well-researched. We know a lot about it. Um, and we saw in these reviews that there's a high, high, high percentage of people with chronic ailments that are found to be deficient in glutathione. So basically, uh, low levels of glutathione are involved in all disease states. I'm not going to tell you what they all are, but here's a few. Um, there's so many. I mean, allergies, asthma, anxiety, aging, Alzheimer's, autism, ADD, ADHD, autoimmune issues, any disorder of the bowel bronchitis. Um, Remember my story, I grew up, by the way, I grew up with allergies, I grew up with asthma, I had anxiety, I probably had ADD to some degree, definitely had disorder of the bowel. And I grew up with what they called asthmatic bronchitis, and it was chronic. Hmm, Makes you question these things when you look back on your own health history, to realize how you maybe been deficient in things your whole life. Uh, Then cancers of all kinds, chronic fatigue, depression, diabetes, eczema. Yep. Had that too. Uh, Erectile dysfunction, poor eyesight, fibromyalgia. I probably would have been diagnosed with that had I gone to a doctor, maybe. I don't know. Gastritis, heart disease, headaches. Hello. (laughs) Um, That's my little story. Heavy metal toxicity. That's a big one uh, that I work with hypertension, high blood pressure. So many people have this thyroid disorders, imbalances, infertility, insomnia. Do I need to keep going? I think you get the point. Okay. So, um, want to tell a quick story years ago. Um, I was, I moved, uh, I was in a kind of a tumultuous, um, Phase of my life, my husband at the time was so conflicted and I just would, I wanted to do almost anything to get him happy because it just was like, if he could calm down and be happy, maybe we, we can just have a peaceful life. Um, so we disrupted our life for a move to a new area for what we thought at the time was a good cause And I found out once we moved that I was pregnant with kid number three, it was kind of unexpected. And that whole uh, year, I struggled a lot with my health and specifically in the spring when the pine pollen came out and I had chronic pain in my head, my jaw, my face, which I now know was chronic sinus infections. I didn't know back then. Um, I, I could say I should have known better, blah, blah, blah. But I was kind of in a little bit of a emotional uh, traumatic experience at the time. I don't know if you guys have listened to any of the past podcasts where I talked about, you know, all that I dealt with in that marriage. But I also don't know if I had insurance at the time. I don't know what was going on. I didn't value my health the way I do now. And so to deal with the chronic pain, I just popped ibuprofen constantly, just every day. And I was pregnant at the time, so I don't recommend this, (laughs) but I'm not going to shame myself for it because a lot was going on at the time. But I now know that that bout of repeat ibuprofen usage, uh, did a lot more to my system than I ever could have realized, And had I known this information, then I would have made some pretty cool connections because the sinus issues were related to allergies, which are related to also to, you know, depleted system, but, um, also my history with exposure to mold. And one of the things that I figured out, uh, in my mold journey was uh, using n which is a precursor to glutathione to uh, help with lung and the sinus uh, pain from uh, sinus flare-ups. And so, you know, I just, I, I share that to give insight to maybe someone else before it's, you know, they go down the path that I did with repeat ibuprofen usage. Um, you know, because it it will take a toll on your system and set off a spiral of issues and then, you know, to take some time to recover from. So N-acetylcysteine, like I said, is a glutathione precursor, and it can also be used to enhance the levels. Um, glutathione is something that we can supplement with directly, but oral glutathione is usually poorly absorbed. Um, I personally prefer liposomal glutathione. It's much more bioavailable. It can be a little pricey. Um, there are probably people in certain volatile situations that may uh, benefit from it. Um, in the short term, but people always ask me, like my students ask me this, people ask me, do you, do you recommend glutathione supplements? And I'm thinking, well, it really depends on the person. And, you know, if we're looking for a band-aid approach, you know, it could help someone for a short term, but we always want to think with the end in mind of how can we, how can we make this work better on its own? Like, how can we support it to be produced on its own and how can we avoid depleting it? Right. So I personally would much prefer to only use it short term, depending on the person um, and then teach my clients and teach people how to um, support this whole process working better. Yes, I live near a busy road and there are loud trucks. Oh, my goodness. So then I wanted to say Two that like, I, I just told you that when I take ibuprofen at all, I will take N-acetylcysteine and it does have a long history of use as a first aid remedy, um, specifically that I know of in acetaminophen poisoning, which, you know, is Tylenol. It's not ibuprofen. Um, so in emergency rooms, they actually use it if you've taken an overdose of, um, Tylenol it can neutralize the toxic effects and um, recharge the glutathione and it can prevent liver damage. So recently, I don't know if you heard of the whole little debacle on the FDA thing and them wanting to like limit our ability to get access to N-acetylcysteine because of its role in helping uh, people recover from COVID. God forbid we have any simplistic remedies for this, Um, but Dr. Mercola did a, um, article a while back that I found and, um, he, he spells out a lot of stuff in there. I think it was back in the fall of 2020. Um, and it, he, he said it could be used against COVID. And there's a lot of, um, mechanisms here. I don't want to spend the, the podcast talking about that. You could find the article yourself, but basically, you know, n can I- inhibit viral replication. Um, it can help inhibit pro-inflammatory cytokines. Um, and it is being used, I believe by people as a therapeutic agent for, SARS-CoV-2. Lots of insight there uh, if you want to read about it and find out about it. If you're still concerned about that, um, you're someone who just wants to know how to support yourself and you're not planning on getting the jab. Um, There's a lot of really great um, things that we can use to support ourselves. Um, So he talked about this in his article a bit and explained the mechanism And then I think another person who maybe talked about this was Dr. Tina Moore, T-Y-N-A. And I don't know where she talked about it, to be honest with you. But I remember hearing her say it at one point and being like, oh, yeah. So all this time I've been taking NAC and uh, I was doing something to support myself in light of possibly, you know, if I were to contract the Rona. Um. But another thing that for me personally, that it has helped with, because you guys know, I talked about my history with asthma and breathing and lung stuff was that it can reduce lung injury. And so any kind of acute respiratory issue. um, So for me, I was told I had what was called asthmatic bronchitis, which I don't know if that's, that was just a scramble because I didn't know. But basically my lungs would be very constricted whenever I had, um, seasonal allergy exposures or, um, uh, altitude issues where I would just get my cardiovascular system couldn't handle going up too high, too fast. Like I remember in the winters going up and trying to go sledding and climbing up hills and I just would have trouble there. So different things like that. Um, but it really can help um respiratory problems, which was a really big piece this past year with the whole COVID thing. The other aspect was that it protects against blood clots and it really plays a big role in um the vascular system and really keeping um this 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 um oxygen exchange in the vascular system to help with the lungs. So that's just me saying that in the most simplistic way. But you can go and do more research if you really want to. But anywho, the FDA just found out, and you know they want all the control. As you know, I like to say FDA stands for fucking dumbasses um, because it's just ridiculous, you guys. But anyway, um, you know, so there's this whole piece of it there. So recently, it got pulled um, out of circulation a bit, but I'm not really sure why people did that because it's really just about your access to it. So needing like a practitioner to get it for you or something like that. So everyone went and binge bought all the NAC on the Amazon and wherever, um, and listen, then my clients couldn't get it you know, because people did that, which is kind of annoying, but we still have access to it. Um, It's back in stock in my dispensary. So um, I'm just want to let you guys know it's a, it's a really um, powerful tool to have in your arsenal. Um, It's, you know, maybe something you want to consider. You can check out my dispensary for, you can type in NAC or you can type in N-acetylcysteine, by the way, please don't hoard it. Like we still have access to it. It's still available. And people who are sick need access to it. Now people who are struggling with seasonal issues, they they need it. (laughs) Um, there's, I don't think there's any reason to hoard it. I mean, buy a little extra, but don't go crazy. Anyway, that said there's other ways to support glutathione production as well. And, um, I personally use a lot of nutrient support in all my client mineral balancing protocols that really are also supporting this, um, production, right? So we have to remember that we have to remember that, you know, going back to when people ask me, should I take glutathione? It's like, well, in the long run, what you really need is the functionality and the nutrients, to help support with that. So there's a lot of nutrients that really help increase glutathione production, such as whole food, vitamin C, not ascorbic acid. I did a whole podcast on that, uh, vitamin E, selenium, magnesium, B vitamins. Um, not here to tell you go take them. I'm not here to tell you how much, um, but these are common nutrients I give to my clients, you know, and it's, um, they're pretty core, uh, uh, elements we all really do need. Um so it's just important to be thinking more holistically about this versus like, oh my god, I got to run out and get this thing. It's going to do all this stuff. Um, you know, it does work better in the presence of the nutrients that support it. So just keep that in mind. But here's the thing. Glutathione actually really protects our liver and supports uh, also ceruloplasmin production. And ceruloplasmin is our number one antioxidant protein. Um, and so basically um, we need it. Uh, we need the ceruloplasmin production to be robust as well, because um, glutathione and ceruloplasma have a role. They play together and they work together. And so like I said, ibuprofen really screws up your glutathione. Well, it also destroys the copper bioavailability of the cell by also uh kind of wrecking that glutathione and ceruloplasmin uh production and combined role that they play together to help take copper to different places so that it can essentially support your mitochondria to have to really breathe and have cell respiration and therefore energy. So, I, you know, there's this huge ceruloplasm mineral balancing piece that uh is also involved in, you know, just something as simple as like most people do and take tons of ibuprofen, you know, um and they don't even have any clue how much of a um kind of like a train wreck <laughs> that could be around the corner. Um and so I told you guys about my burnout my my total burnout in my mineral balancing uh work for myself was I had all four of my minerals totally burned down I had no copper um and you know that pattern really makes you more susceptible to deeper imbalances and and it's not easy to pull out of and I'm seeing it more and more to be honest I'm seeing a lot more people in this like kind of burned out state. And of course there's the whole mold piece for me, which certainly didn't help. And I was more susceptible to it and such really taking hold and, and, and making it, uh, hard on my system to, um, repair as quickly as I would have liked. Um, so, you know, I definitely had to add the ceruloplasmin, um, support as well as the nutrient support. In addition to using the acetyl cysteine for a while, I was doing coffee enemas, which also helps with glutathione. They give us like a glutathione, um, support there too, but you know, not everyone's gonna want to do those. Um, and it's not always sustainable to like rely on that, you know, um, so it really helped me to start, you know, rebuilding all of that in one fell, fell swoop in a plan. So um, just thought I would share that today because to me, it's so interesting to kind of go through these stories to connect big dots that really have, could apply to a lot of people, Right. So the big takeaway here is that, you know, we want to be thinking more uh, critically about how we approach our health. We typically are very collectively lazy about this. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude here. It's just true. Like, think about it. I, whenever I'm um, out of my little health bubble of, of, you know, hanging out with all my health people and I talk to regular people on the street, I just overhear conversations like, you know, people are just taking meds and over-the-counter stuff, like, with, like, like, without any thought, and then continuing to do things that aren't kind to their body and never thinking about this stuff, ever, 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 and, you know, I want to put more education out into the world because, you know, it's really hard to come back from some of this stuff after years of, misuse and such. And it's really hard to get good information and good intel. Um, so we, we all can do a lot better at taking really good care of ourselves. Really, if you are someone who maybe is re- reliant on uh, anti-inflammatory meds, you know, ask yourself some honest questions. Am I avoiding dealing with my pain? Um, is this what I really want for myself? Am I aware that this could cause deeper problems? you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, maybe at the very least try to do some healthy things to reduce the inflammation in your system. And if you do take ibuprofen, do some things to protect your liver. Um, but try harder to get to the roots, the roots, the roots, plural. There's no one root cause y'all that's ridiculous. Does a tree have one root? Does any plant have one root? We have this like common saying of like root cause in our in our health circles, and it's kind of annoying, but that's just a little pet peeve of mine. But that said, hopefully this brings awareness to someone. Maybe somebody really needs to hear it. And it's just another kind of roundabout way of me showing you how the work that I'm doing with the mineral balancing is so vast and it covers so many things, so many things that we have pretty much got wrong in standard American lifestyle um you know and w- that we have to recover and we have to um redeem ourselves on so anyway um if you're interested in the vitamin C podcast go check that out i also did a vitamin A podcast um which you might want to check out too because vitamin A helps us um produce ceruloplasmin. i'm talking retinol i'm not talking like beta carotene i'm talking animal sources so i did a podcast on that And, um, you know, I do have an online dispensary. I don't tend to like pimp out supplements, uh, individually because I'm a whole picture kind of gal, but since I just kind of taught you the whole picture story, um, hopefully you will use your own critical thinking and discretion on how you approach supplementation. Um, but I do have N-acetylcysteine in my online dispensary, as well as a liposomal, uh, glutathione, which I like a lot. Um, you know, they can be helpful. They may not do like the trick that you want them to do without some of this other support. So it's not a band aid, but you can check out my online dispensary for any of those kinds of things. And um, yeah, so that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for it. listening to A Joy to Be Me. I will see you on the next episode. Please share this episode, tell a friend, or tag me on Instagram at Lydia Joy Me. And if you like the show, rate or review, five stars are great. On whatever platform you are listening, Google Play, iTunes, just leave a comment there. It totally helps me out. I appreciate you.